After Dark is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. <laughs> Childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other book. I've just signed again. Oh, yeah. Oh, the show hasn't even podcast. started. Everybody meeting pretty. Then <laughs> on with the show. I owe someone a download a pint now, but I haven't opened it yet. Pint of whiskey as well. Yeah. Don't worry, only 30 seconds to go. Should we, you know what? That should be extra punishment that you're doing it before we even cracked on. I'll try and make it the other one. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, I know, I know. We're here. Uh, hello, good evening. Welcome to Diz After Dark. I'm Paul. I'm Nick. And I'm the other Paul, hopefully with a better microphone this week. Hey! <laughs> and I'm Lord. Yeah, jo- joining us in the, uh, in the mouse's head tonight. It was a long journey to get here, I have to say. Um, Lewis. Hey, Lewis. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going? Uh-oh. Mustn't grumble. You notice yeah. I avoided saying no worries there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've just blown it though, haven't I? Yeah. Oh, there we At go. At least didn't sigh that time. Um, no, no. We'll get onto that bit in a minute. No, um, this show is called Dis After Dark. Yeah. Um, but because of, uh, if you hadn't already guessed, uh, our guest Lewis though, is uh, from Australia in Australia, um, and so although it's disaster dark for us... So welcome to Dis Before Dawn. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much Dis Before Dawn for him. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. and, there's, and there's the show episode title. <laughs> and thank you very much for joining us, because um, obviously having to get up so early to speak to us, uh, we fully appreciate it, so thank you. So at least three, <laughs> yeah, at least three of us are drinking. <laughs> Lewis, what are you drinking? <laughs> Uh, what am I drinking? Well, I, I am Australian, and uh, and it is it is five o'clock in the morning, um, and I, I contemplated drinking a beer or something like that, but I, I thought that's just pushing it a little bit too much. Uh, so I, I thought instead of drinking something this morning, I'd uh, I'd, I'd uh, plan to eat something that was uh, Disney related. So uh, later on today, I'm going to have some shreddies, uh, which I brought back from London with me, uh, and uh, the shreddies, of course, uh, were featured in the Marvel movie Thor: The Dark World. Uh, so I thought that was quite Disney-related. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> I like that. Well, what can you say? I, I'm going to have to eat more breakfast cereals instead of drink beer. <laughs> or possibly not. <laughs> I believe it's just a point as well that I have to say that um, there are there is no other sh- uh, alternative to Shreddies. You you are supposed to say that, yes. Yeah. Not that they're sponsoring <laughs> us, but I'm just not allowed to say anything else. Uh, not yet, but we'll work on it. Uh, is anyone else having a tasty beverage? Um, yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if it is tasty, but uh, Paul, go ahead. No, I was just. Uh, I don't have a Disney connection. I have an Australian connection, just in, or, in or, honor of Lewis. Can't get that one out actually. And I did start. <laughs> I did start this beverage a little while ago, so I've got no pop, no top to pop this week. Oh God, I'm struggling. Uh, I just got a Foster's. I'll cut to the chase. Yeah. It's a Foster's. Uh, <laughs> Cheer, Gobber. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, I just point something out at this, this juncture um, that uh, up until recently uh, we didn't actually drink Fosters in Australia. Um, <laughs> the only place that you'd actually get Fosters is if you went to the UK. Uh, and yeah, you'd very rarely find it on tap here in Australia. But they have recently 
uh, started selling cases of it or, or um, cartons of it uh, in our local bottle loads. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's starting to get sold, but it hasn't been for a very long time. <laughs> wow. Because damn marketing people. Yeah. The, the real challenge would have been for finding some VB. Oh, yeah, very true, very true. Nick? Well, I, I would be celebrating with a Vegemite sandwich, but unfortunately I'm a Marmite fan myself. Um, but uh, I, I was going to go for a Castle Main Forex, also in tribute to Lewis, but um, I think it's been discontinued. So I've, I think, I think I've gone for a Disney connection here. Um, I've got a um, premium pale ale that is uh, Bass Number 1. Okay. Now, I'm pretty sure, is that not what they serve in the Rose and Crown? They do indeed serve... Our international, uh, our international version of the mouse's head. Yeah, they do yeah. indeed serve bass there. Well, there you go. So here we go. Have, having, having been sat in the beer garden with someone who didn't like what they'd ordered, so left it, um, and, yeah, between a, ma a, a, a man and wife couple leaving over seven-eighths of their pints there, decided they did not like the pint of Guinness and the pint of base they had ordered. So, so we drank it. Um, I, it's, it's a rather large bottle. It's a 500 miller. Mm. Let me just... Uh... Yeah. That's actually nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've gone for a movie theme. Movie? A movie theme. Movie. I have gone for some Courage Directors. Yeah. So, that's the closest I can get. And, is that, is that in tribute to Disney's Hollywood Studios? It is, it must be. It may be. Or, or the musical of the same name. Oh, I don't know who did that. Mel Brooks, probably. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, how can people get in touch with us? Ah, yes, well, of course, they can visit our website, Shining and Bright, at www.disafterdark.com, or they can email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. And we are, in, of course, on Twitter at DizAfterDark, Facebook.com forward slash DizAfterDark, and you can find us on MaceChat.com. Uh, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, etc., etc. You know this off by heart by now if you've been listening to us for long enough. But new people are rolling in every week. They That's are for 20, their benefit. 27 new likes on Facebook this week alone. Which brings us go. up to 31, I believe, overall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think Lewis has been telling lots of his mates that he's going to be on a podcast this week. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll believe me. I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be pushing it. I'll I'll get it out to all the uh, the Disney fans I know that I'll be on the uh, the podcast this week. It's, it's a very exciting time for me. Rock rock on. Right. Anyway, um, Lewis, I think it's time for that kind of interview. Tell us about yourself. How have we managed to get you all the way from Australia into our little bar? Well, the, the the way it happened is that uh, just going going back, are you guys uh, when you were growing up, were you big fans of like you know Walt Disney World and the, the, the program and that sort of thing? Yeah, I wish I yeah, was, I but I came from a poor family. We didn't get there. No, no, no. I think <laughs> what he means more is not so much going there, but, oh, but the, seeing it or knowing. I mean, it. Yeah, the the wonderful oh, world exactly. of Disney. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Watching watching a TV show because, uh, as um, as you guys know, I'm from Australia, but I'm from Western Australia, so we're apparently the most isolated place in the world, or, or something to, to that extent. Um, and at the time when I was growing up, there was there was no theme parks in in WA at all. Uh, and even to this day, we, we've got a theme park called called Adventure World, um, and uh, it, it, it's it's okay, but it's kind of naff. 
because it's got uh, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's got a lot of pedal powered kind of equipment there and that sort of thing. So uh, one of the thrill rides I had growing up was uh, Bounty's Revenge, which was basically a sailboat which would swing up a bit and then swing back a bit and then swing up a bit. You know, um, you're asking so, for trouble calling it Adventure World. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, so it was uh, growing up, I, the only uh, connection I had with theme parks really was seeing uh, Disney World, Walt Disney World on, uh, on TV. And so even as a young child, I knew that there was uh, Walt Disney World and there was Disneyland and you'd see these magical places. Uh, but, you know, being in Australia, there was no chance of ever going to those places. Um, and so it was one of those things growing up, I was going, I've got to get there one day, I've got to get there one day. And, uh, and, and so eventually uh, I did. My, my wife and I, um, a few years back, went to Disneyland Paris. And I, I just I just fell in love with, with Disney at that point. It was just like, my God, this is fantastic. You know, this is, it's, it's living the dream when, you, when you're in a Disneyland park. And, uh, and so when, when I came back, I, I, I wanted to uh, find some Disney podcasts to listen to, to, to be able to uh, just, just keep things going between visits to Disneyland parks. And, mm. and when I searched for it, I, I found, uh, found your podcast. I was just going, yep, this is you know, a Disney podcast set in a bar. This is the one for me. And, and so I started listening to yours. And then through yours, I listened to like his Dream Girls and, uh, and some other Disney podcasts as well. But uh, it's been really good to be able to keep up with Disney in between visits and, and like get tips and ideas because the stuff that you guys have given us has helped us to avoid a lot of lines and things like that in the, uh, the Disneyland park. Oh, I'm glad we could be of service here, yeah. really. <laughs> I didn't even realise our hints and tips actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we make we make up on the spot. We give away hints like stand that side of the line in the hope that everyone does, so we can stand in the other side and get there quicker. <laughs> give it away the trade secrets here, Paul. <laughs> but but uh, so far, as far as my Disney experience goes, uh, my wife and I we've been to uh, Disneyland Paris. Uh, we've been there twice. Uh, most recently, we were there for, for, for New Year's this year, uh, and uh, last in. 2013, we got over to uh, Disneyland uh, in Anaheim for the first time, and that was just absolutely sensational. So, uh, and next year we're, we're planning on getting over to Orlando and doing Orlando in around the uh, February March. So, Lewis, so, uh, if you don't mind me asking, because I mean that that that's a great achievement. Um, I mean, I think Paul, you've done um, both coasts. Yep, uh, Mr. Dolan. You've done Orlando, uh, and as of as of me in Paris. Yeah, I've done the other coast as well. Oh, you've done you've done. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's just me that's that's lacking there. Um, but I, su- I suppose the, especially from your location, the obvious choice for me, um, would be to say Disneyland Tokyo. Yeah. Or Hong Kong, even. I mean, what's the? Mm-hmm. Is that in your future plans, Lewis? Yeah, I definitely. Like the the plan is uh, because um, I, I, I so after I went to Disneyland Paris, I was I was sold on Disney, and uh, my plan is is to get to a Disneyland park uh, every year, which we've managed to do so far. Um, and uh, it, it's so uh, yeah, Tokyo and you know Shanghai is opening up as well. Uh, mm. Hong Kong, yeah, all those parks are, are also on the agenda as well because. Um, even though there's a lot of similarities between the, the parts, each of the the, the different uh, have got their, their regionalised kind of things, which are, are very um, unique to those, those parts. So yeah, no, definitely all all Disney parts are definitely on the agenda. 
great. Oh, we, need try get, we need to try and get <laughs> to Adventureland in Western Australia. Adventure. Oh, yeah, you'll have, to, you'll have to come to Adventure World. There's, uh, yeah, Adventure World, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had, yeah, don't, it's, don't it's, get too confused, Paul. It's gotten better over the years. Um, they're, they're less reliant on pedal power stuff now. And there's actually a... There's a, um, a decent roller coaster they've got there and, and that sort of thing. But the, the actual uh, Adventure World model itself on Disneyland, so it had a castle in the middle and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was um, it was okay. But uh, then in Australia, if you want to go to theme parks, you go to Queensland, and Queensland's got uh, a Warner Brothers Movie World, Dream World, Sea World. Uh, so that's where the theme park mecca is of, uh, of Australia. Uh, and they're, they're, they're quite good parts. They're, they're not, not a patch on Disney. <laughs> it's quite funny because, I mean, we've got some very famous theme parks in the UK. And we've got some very famous and not very good theme parks. But we've also got places like Orson Towers, uh, Chessington, Thorpe Park. Um, there are others. You know, I'm, I'm, re- oh God, I'm really trying hard not to use that catchphrase that people don't like me <laughs> using. Um, <laughs> but what I... When I go to these places, and I, I mean, to be fair, I've not been to them for a, about four or five years now, but when you go to these theme parks, they are theme parks in the sense that there is a theme and they have some very good rides. And um, some of the rides are, you know, you could argue are more advanced than some of the things you get at uh, Disney parks or Universal. But to me, what makes Disney so special is the fact that there, there is that magic there. There is that history of the films or cartoons that you grew up with, um, or, or you know, live action films that you saw that were under the Disney banner. That, that, that you know, people can connect to Disney. Lots of people, you know, there's lots of reasons why people like different parts of Disney, um, but it, it's something that universally, pardon the pun, um, is, is there. Um, and I think when you go to, to theme parks like that, where they try and use that model, so like you say, they had a castle and things like that, you know, it's a good attempt. But if you don't have the history, if you don't have that connection, that personal connection with people, then it's just a park with some entertainment. Mm. It's yep. not magic. Uh- yeah. Well, that's exactly, exactly right. I mean, it, it's the, the point where uh, they worked off Adventure World back in the 80s, uh, there was a, they had like a, a koala and a platypus as their, their mascot, but th- there was no context for them. They were just people in suits. They didn't have a TV show or anything like that, so it was just like there's, there's a koala and there's a, uh, you know, a, um, there, there's a platypus. So, uh, yeah, the, the, you go to Disney Park and you go, my God, there's Mickey Mouse. It's just like yeah. it's such an iconic thing. Um, and I didn't realize how, how effective I would get uh, doing a, a character meet and greet. We hadn't up until this last visit ever done one. But uh, because we were staying at a Disneyland Hotel, we stayed at the, the New York Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the extra magic hours. And on New Year's Day, uh, we got into the park early and we went to the Princess Pavilion where Anna and Elsa were doing their meet and greet. And we just went, we should do this because the line is short. Uh, we can get in there and, and we're going to get a good photo. And I was, I was kind of thinking we'd go and meet Anna and Elsa and there'd be, you know, girls in cosplay and it would be a bit, bit uh, you know, just uh, girls in costume. But when we actually met them, it was like meeting the characters. The girls were so versed in their characters. They were in, 
just inhabiting the character of Anna and Elsa. It was absolutely brilliant. So, so there, are, just, there, uh, there are people listening to this going, no, 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 it's not girls that were being the character. It was the characters. It was the characters. <laughs> There's got to be some. No. We know. You know it. <laughs> no, but I, no, what, you're spot on. I think that analogy is, is spot on about that yeah. because um, I don't know if you get them in, in Australia at all, but we do get, um, even here in England, uh, I, I suppose character meet and greets with uh, with Mickey Mouse, where it's somebody in a very shabby looking Some, costume. Someone has hired it from the local fancy yeah. dress costume store. And it, and it doesn't ha- quite have that magic. Oh, he looks in the And you know, when you go to a Disney Park, it doesn't matter if you go to Orlando or you go to Anaheim or you go to Tokyo or Hong Kong or Paris. When you go to Disney Park, you're meeting Mickey Mouse. Mm. You know, you're, exactly. that is the real Mickey Mouse. And you you see him and you know that is the Mickey Mouse you used to watch as a kid. Yeah, the real deal. That's exactly right. You know, and, and so that's it. They... they ne- those people you meet at those parts are the real deal. So start, yeah, starting it, from the starting from the the moment you shut your front door of your house, your your last trip over New Year's. What what does your what does the average trip from Australia to Disneyland Paris look like? <laughs> okay, uh, as far as as far as the trip goes, um, we we decided that uh, we wanted to go for New Year's, um, and so on. Uh, we had a uh, Christmas Eve with our friends. We had a Christmas Day with our family. At 7.30, we jumped on a plane. Uh, sorry, 7.30, we went to the, the airport and jumped on a plane at 10.30. And then it was an 11-hour flight to Dubai. And then we got the plane to Dubai, and it was a, a couple-hour layover. And then it was, I think it was an eight-hour flight to, to London Heathrow from there. Um, so it's, it's pretty much a, a full day of travel when, you, when you're going from Australia to, uh, to the UK. Um, and uh, But funnily enough, I... On the way there, uh, we, you just arrive energised and ready to go. And so uh, we arrived on Boxing Day and we got out into, the, uh, the, into London on the uh, Boxing Day sales and had a walk around the street, um, which was an experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, <yes. I> <laughs> that, that is a good description. Uh, yeah, that would de-energise you. <laughs> didn't, de- didn't dare go, in, go into any shop, but, uh, but we certainly uh, enjoyed the hustle and bustle of the street. Um, although it was interesting that not many restaurants were opened on, on Boxing Day, so it was, uh, it was hard to find through the week. We ended up getting um, the most expensive burgers in the world uh, from the hotel room service, but uh, it, was, it, was still, uh, it was still quite a good, good experience. And then we went over to um, Paris after that, uh, jumped on the Eurostar, and we spent the first three nights in Paris itself uh, doing a bit of the cultural stuff, just going to the Louvre and going to the Eiffel Tower and um, actually we did a, a, a walking tour of Paris um, that was uh, looked at different film sets and, and things like that set in Paris. Uh, wow, and one of the things that, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good tour that I, I highly recommend. Um, I'll, I'll send you through the, the details if you can put, put a link up on it because I think right. if anyone goes to Paris and is a film fan, Mm-hmm. It's it's a great tour for them to go. Oh my God! Yeah, I remember you know seeing this in in Midnight in Paris, and 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 they actually point out the uh, the restaurant that was the inspiration for the restaurant in Ratatouille. So I thought that was quite funny. Oh, excellent! Um, that there was, yeah. And apparently, the um the, the producers of Ratatouille or the designers they sent them over to Paris to to do their research, 
and their research entailed going and eating in all of these expensive restaurants for about a month. Mm. So uh, it was a it was a very very high uh, production budget uh, just based on that. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was great. That was really good. Um, but then after we, we immersed ourselves in the, the culture of Paris, uh, we uh, jumped on one of the um, underground trains or the, the overland trains and, and went to Disneyland Paris. And we, we arrived there at about um, three in the afternoon, uh, which wasn't I think it might have been a bit early because three was when we could get our bags booked in. So we uh, left the bags there. And then we went to get some food beforehand. And have you guys eaten at the Planet Hollywood there? Yeah, uh, in, in, uh, downtown uh, Disney Village, yes. Mm. Mm. Defining mm. the word eaten, I have taken food, passed it through my teeth, chewed it a bit, and imbibed it into my gullet. But <laughs> as for describing it as actually eating, I didn't. Not a fan? Not, yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a bit dodge, um, I must admit. Uh, they... We we had to wait uh, to to get a seat. So we went up there and we waited at the bar. We had a drink and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the food was was not the best. But the thing that gets me about the place is just how dated it is. That they haven't put any any time and effort into actually uh, trying to keep it updated and current. And, and they've got this big mural thing at the back. And I was looking at it. I, I, some of the actors I just couldn't even place. That they, they were just so old. Um, so I think if anything that that uh, that place needs a definite uh, upgrade if they want to work it going. Although the place was packed, so maybe they don't don't they think they don't need to do anything to keep it up to date. To yeah. get I was say, as, as a movie yeah. buff, it's not like any films have been released since Rambo three and the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, exactly, you know, exactly. Planet Hollywood is a weird one because I um, I don't think I've been to Planet Hollywood there since about 2009, 2010. Um, and we used to go to the one in London um, quite often because um, I, I got a membership thing and it's quite cheap to eat in there. So it was like a, a reasonably priced meal because Planet Hollywood really is just average food at an exorbitant price. So uh, it made it reasonable, which is fine. We used to go there every now and again. Um, and, and the last one to Paris, it was fine. But... I've, I've seen a lot of reviews recently on forums saying how bad the food has got. So I don't think, unfortunately, your, your experience is, uh, is wrong. And Planet Hollywood's a weird franchise because they used to be lots. And I think now, like globally, there's about 10 yeah. or something left. And mm, mm. Paris is still an original Planet Hollywood. Um, oh right! The London one has recently been made over, as has uh, Times Square, and mm. they yeah. They, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think the, the makeover is all that great. There is certainly more modern stuff in there, with some of the more famous bits and pieces. But Rumble um, Five. <laughs> but there's um. It was just, it was just called Rambo. Um, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's um, the, the vibes change in there, and it doesn't feel quite as dated. It does feel more modern, but at the same time, it seems to have lost a little bit in translation. I, I, um, I think I think part of the problem Planet Hollywood as a franchise have got is that it wasn't that the restaurant that was actually started by like Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone. They yeah. they invested into invested yeah. heavily into so all of the props on the walls were donated by them and it's not like the studios have actually given them anything whereas you go to you go to the hard rock cafes and 
like bands and artists around the world have just gone, there you go, I don't want this guitar anymore, you have it, put it on the wall. That is, that is true. Whereas the, the Hollywood studios haven't actually given anything away to say, here you go, put this, you know, Dorothy's Ruby Slippers, because that's some movie well, actually, collector. You know what, actually, I think the Orlando one's quite good. Yeah. The Orlando, I, mean, I think, has it closed down yet? I know it's closing down because of the expansion. I um, mm. But the one in Orlando's got um, props from um, Forrest Gump and Apocalypse Now outside. And I don't understand this one. Toe Priest from Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> that one's always confused me. Um, what Paris, but, need, Paris needs to get rid of the Planet Hollywood and replace it with a hard rock calf. Uh, you know what? I've, I, I'm not a big fan of the hard rock. No? No, I find it too loud in there. Paris has got a hard rock cafe as well, which is probably why they won't do it. I'd, yeah, that possibly. Yeah. In, uh, in and, Paris and, itself. And the fact that if you are to take you know, the French artists and populate it, there's only so many keyboards John michel Jarre has. Plastic Bertrand, don't yeah. forget about him. Sapland pour moi. And Vanessa Parody, that's it. Have uh, we, have, Brow's just not popular anymore. Charles Aznavour, um, have, have we exhausted our supply of oh, French artists? Oh, I just made an, hang on, I've got to apologise. Jacques Brow isn't French. <laughs> He's Belgian. I'm gonna uh, before anyone gives me any hate for that. I've look, I've, I've resolved it. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. Move All on. done. Moved on. Um, all right, well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a discussion for another day. What could replace my Hollywood? But anyway, so you had a meal there, and it wasn't very good. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't great, but the hotel, the hotel's brilliant. Like the, um, that's one of the things I find when you're staying at, uh, at Disney hotels. They, they really don't want to hold you up and, and stuff like that. They get you in, they get you out, they look after your, your, your bags and whatnot. And uh, that was really good. So uh, after that, we went and went to the room, got unpacked, then we went to hit the park. But we, we got there at about uh, four, four o'clock. Uh, and by that time, the fast pass of everything had gone. Went down to uh, the Disney Studios and to the Ratatouille area, um, but the, the, the line for the ride was like up to over two hours at that point. I was like, "Oh, we've got we've got a, um, a, a booking at the Shea Remy at the Bistro Shea Remy at six o'clock," and I thought, "Oh, we wouldn't make it in time if we, we did that one." So uh, we saw Crusher's Coaster had uh, had a forty five minute wait, and we'd never done Crusher's Coaster before. And I thought, "Oh yeah, that's, that's over here. Good things about this. We should go go and do that." Um, and so we got into the line, and I think it must have taken much longer than 45 minutes to put on the uh, the, the, uh, the waiting time. Mm. Uh, mm. But, uh, it was one of those things when it was, unfortunately, this, this is the only time it happened during the whole trip, but we saw something undisney happen while, while we were in this line. Because um, we wound through the, the, the large part of the line. We we're almost the bit where you get into the loading area. Mm. And, and there was this, uh, the, this girl, these girls with a couple of young kids and they, uh, they pushed in the line. They, they opened one of the little gates and ignored the, the, the throngs of people in front of them and just said, no, no, we're more important. We're going to push in. And they, they pushed in. And, and then I tried to open the gate and say, no, no, get back. That's not very, the good thing to do. And they, they wouldn't go back. And mm. so I, I didn't let them in behind me. And then a lot of people didn't let them in behind them. Eventually, they got let in by someone. And then, so I was like, oh, this is good. I hope karma gets them. But unfortunately, it did. But it also got us all wrapped up in it as well. Because just as we we're getting down to the loading area where the the, uh, the turtles come up, uh, we were about to get onto the ride, and the ride broke down. And it, it broke down for about half an hour or so. Yeah. Uh, and the light the lights went on, and the uh, <laughs> the all the, the Disney crew came in to fix it. And uh, so yeah, I, I'm glad they ended up having to wait. We had to wait with them, so it was a, a bit <laughs> unfortunate. To, 
<laughs> that's the interesting thing. But we managed to, we managed to, we didn't have to call it. We actually stayed there and we got on the ride and uh, it was good. And then we got over to uh, Bistro Chez Remy uh, and, and had our, our meal, which was, it was really, really good. I was, I was just so impressed by the, the theming of that restaurant. So better uh, than Planet Hollywood. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, just a touch better than Planet Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was just amazing. Like when you uh, when you walk in there, the the way that they they point out the uh, the, the you know the, the tiles on the floor and the the, the panes of the wall and everything like that. So that you, when you walk through, you actually you know, get that feeling of changing size when you're going to the actual restaurant itself. Mm. Um, but no, it was it was great. The food in there was was really good. Um, just uh, yeah, it was. Have you guys eaten there before? No, so I'm the only one that's actually gone to, or, or has been to Paris since the ride opened, or the area opened. Um, so I, I went on the ride, and sorry to say, when I went on the ride, um, five-minute wait time. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when you go a different time of the year, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, Chez Remy, we, we debated heavily about it, and because of the party... Um, i.e. Uh, two adults and uh, an 18-month-year-old uh, with another room away. Uh, you know, menu options were limited and we didn't think it would be very entertaining for uh, our little one, so we decided not to. But I did uh, I did spend a bit of time walking around the restaurant as mm-hmm, it was opening mm-hmm. up. And, uh, yeah, as you say, the theming is, is just so clever. The way they've made the chairs out of um, bottle tops and... Um, what are the tables? I can't remember what the tables are supposed to be. I can't remember. There were, there were, there were, there were booths there where it was some like dish racks and they had big yes. dishes. Uh, yes. Yep. Um, and they had the, the, all of the lights were like uh, yeah, Christmas tree lights uh, yep. that were hanging from the roof. Um, and it, yeah, it was, just, it was just amazing the way they, they'd done the place. Um, and the food was, was really quite good. It was like uh, the, the entree that we had was that the, um, I think it was, was there a Gusto and a, um, I can't remember the actual name of the, the, the two different options, but it was like um, a uh, uh, fragois was the uh, entree. And then they had uh, a steak, which was a nice, really nice piece of steak as, as the main course. Um, and it was just really, really, really nice food. It was, uh, it's so impressive because you think you're going to a theme park that the food's going to be a bit, a bit crap, but it was actually really yeah. good food in there. I, it is a very, as you said, though, it's a very limited venue. So you, you really only have a choice of uh, you know, a steak or a slightly better steak. Um, and, but the funny thing was that all the food is served with ratatouille. But mm. if you get, the, um, if you get the, the next step up menu, then your ratatouille is much nicer presented. Um, and the, the, the other one that comes out just comes with a bowl, but if you get it to... Uh, the, the more expensive one, it comes that's like in a uh, sliced up bits of zucchini and it's got all the stuff inside. It's a very nice presentation. So, uh, yeah, it's, if, you, if, you, if you're going though, I recommend just spending a few extra dollars to get the, the slightly more expensive one just because it's a, a better cut of meat and it just looks a bit nicer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's good. And so anyone going, um, there's, there's a recommendation and certainly one. Uh, the next trip, um, I think we will be. Uh, we might go for the day uh, later this year. So if we do, it'll just be the two of us. So uh, we could probably eat somewhere like that instead. But uh, yeah. yeah, cool. 
and after we left the restaurant, the we noticed that the line for Ratatouille was now down to about um, 30 minutes. So we thought, oh, well, we'll give, give that a crack. So uh, so we got onto it, and uh, that, that vibe just, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. The um, uh, it was just enjoyable seeing these um, the rat shaped um, cars just like rock up to the loading area. Oh, it's so uh, impressive! So impressive. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> I could have just sat there all day just watching these these cars like move independently themselves, and you know when there's uh, some there that are um, a way to go, the, the other cars will park up and then they'll they'll move into the space, and just the way they they move is fantastic. But then uh, also the before you get on the ride, just that uh, that bit in the line where you're walking through and they've got this area of uh, Paris that you go through with uh, the, the restaurant and everything like that. It's just, just absolutely sensational. They've done a, a brilliant job with that. But the ride itself was, was just so entertaining with the uh, the 3D screens and the, the, the movement of the rides and the, the areas that are actually practically built. It was just a, a brilliant ride. It was, we ended up going on about uh, four, four times, I think, over the, the four days that we were there, and it was uh, it was enjoyable every single time. Yeah, I think what's what's fun as well is um, you know as you say about the cars coming in, you don't know where they're going to go, and also um, I went on it twice, but I went on it, I went using a single rider line because my wife couldn't go on at the time, um, and so I didn't see the the bit of Paris that you're talking about. I could hear it and see a little peek at the top of the the restaurant from that line you 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 skip that bit um but when the cars come in is also the fact that you don't know where the cars are going to go yes, so like the yeah, order they, is they... also random so i went on the, on the ride twice and both times i was in a different you know I'll, the first time i was at the far end um when you get to the first scene and the second time i was right slap bang in the middle and it is ever so slightly different depending on what way you go not by much, but yeah, still like yeah. a little bit. It's very, very clever. Very yeah, clever. there's a few few tweaks. Or like some some parts you're going through, yeah, diff, slightly different areas. But uh, no, it's, it's a great ride. I, I, yeah, it's certainly worth the wait. Uh, but if you can minimise your weight, that's the, the the main thing. So if you've got extra magic hours and stuff like that, I recommend you know, getting there first thing in the morning and, and jumping on it because you pretty much get on it straight away if you can do that. Mm. Um, or staying there later at night uh, by the time the, the park's about to shut. Um, that was one of the things actually about this time of year. The 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 part uh, Disneyland Paris um, usually the the closing hours are around about seven o'clock in the evening uh, at the in the winter time, which is which is very early for for Disneyland parks. But uh, fortunately, around uh, Christmas New Year time, they actually extend those hours out. So uh, the park wasn't closing until uh, ten o'clock at night, which was really really good because it gave you that extra time to get on get on a few more rides. Uh, and that, uh, that's it. And even just a little bit more extra time really can make a difference as well. Oh, oh very much so. It's yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine like uh, you know without the extra um, three hours, like just how how much more you can get to do in a day a day there. Um, so it was when we were there. Um, it was up till ten on uh, on the thirtieth uh, and uh, on the the first on the actual uh, New Year's Eve. It was open to one o'clock in the morning, and it had uh, three different options for your like countdown kind of thing. So in the uh, main Disneyland park, they had uh, like they were just going to do Disney Dreams of Christmas again. Uh, so they had two showings of that on uh, New Year's Eve, and then in the uh, studios they had uh, the Lucky Dance Party, which had 
uh, I think it was a French performer teaching all these people how to dance, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people in there. Uh, and then they were going to do a fireworks display, which was, of course, a frozen theme. Uh, and then um, if you wanted to, you could also go over to the uh, Disney Village, uh, where the Disney Lake is. And again, they were going to have a massive fireworks display over the lake. Uh, again, a frozen theme. Because um, so, you, you, uh, <laughs> you, first, you first sort of asked us, or, or even came to our attention, thank you very much, by actually asking our, us on our Facebook or through email, where's the good place to watch the fireworks at New Year's Eve? We, we got a few answers from um, people like Jonathan and, and Mark as our answers. Where did you actually end up watching them? Well, funnily enough, it was, it was really cold that night. It was, it was very, very cold. And so we spent some time in um, at Disneyland Park, and we thought, well, we'll watch Dreams tomorrow night, so we, we don't need to do that. Uh, and then we went into the, uh, the, the Lucky Dance Party, and uh, we watched that for, for a little bit. But we thought, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit cold, cold here. So um, uh, we said, well, why don't we go back to the hotel? Because we've got a room that you kind of, you can see the lake from, from the room, but it was on the, the side, so you kind of had to you know, stick your head against the glass to really see it. But um, it was that way, at least we could go see the fireworks and be warm and uh, not have to walk through people to get back to the hotel. So we decided to actually go to the uh, back hotel and watch the, the fireworks from the room, and uh, it was really nice. Just uh, you know, went back to the room, uh, you know, poured a whiskey, watched the fireworks, um, and, and it was great. Uh, and, and that way we went, went straight to bed because we knew we had to get up the next morning as early as possible to get down to the park to, uh, to get in and make the most of the extra magic hours. Um, and, and we, we did that. But they didn't, um, they didn't mention to us that the extra magic hours on uh, New Year's Day actually started an hour later. So uh, we, we actually got there late and the, the gates were still shut. We were like, oh, this is weird. And so we got there at 9 o'clock and, uh, and it was, that day was fantastic because it was, as I said, it was cold the night before. It got down to minus 4. And so uh, part of the Disney Lake had frozen over. Um, every every uh, bit of vegetation in the parks and the village had frost all over it. Uh, all the uh, like every pole that it did, everything was just frosted and, and had this like frozen look to it. Um, so the park was absolutely stunning on on New Year's Day. It was absolutely brilliant. I was going around taking photographs of everything, and that was the day we met uh, Anna and Elsa. So I thought it was uh, was fairly appropriate. <laughs> it would be that on that day. I saw I actually saw an <laughs> advert in the UK today. We've got um, I, I don't know if this ever hits Australia, but Disney on Ice. I'm not sure. Uh, like I know, I know they are doing Disney on Ice, but uh, I can remember seeing it years ago, like well, decades ago, back when I was a kid, that we had Disney on Ice. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything recently. They, I'm they, sure they'll bring it here. Yeah, well, they did. They they're doing one at the moment um, because I've my uh, my youngest, uh, so my oldest is uh, obsessed with Frozen, um, even at her young tender age, and they were advertising this new show about um, princesses like Tangled and Little Mermaid and Sleeping Beauty and stuff, and, uh, and Frozen. And they were saying, and uh, yeah, we've even got Frozen on ice. And I was thinking, um... <laughs> I don't like, want to be the one that points this out. Mm. Uh, isn't that the point? Yeah. But, uh, yeah so, uh, so what just, happens when it starts thawing at the end? That's it, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Disney on water. Um, <laughs> that's great. So... Um, what did you think of uh, Disney Dreams? Uh, the Disney events. 
Um, I, I thought I thought it was great. They they you know put together really well. They um uh you know it, it was it, it was great that uh, you you took it around places that wasn't it was crowded but it was not overly crowded and and they, they tend to um uh they, they tend to keep people moving uh, quite well uh, like particularly when there's like parades and stuff like that on uh yeah. they they the um cast members uh, keep control of the situation very well actually one of the the, the funniest and best things we saw there was um they had a, a princess parade um, during Christmas, which was uh, Anna and Elsa just in a carriage uh, going through uh, Main Street. Um, and uh, obviously they were playing Let It Go while they were doing that. And there was one cast member who was doing the, you know, waving people across the road to Casey's Corner. Mm. And um, he, he was doing that, but instead of just like, you know, waving them there, he was doing a full dance to Let It Go while waving people through. Uh, and it was, it was, Brilliant to watch. We, we we tried to get a photograph or some footage of it, but we managed to stuff it up somehow. But uh, it, it was it was incredibly funny because yeah, I love the stuff and we really get into it and, and and treat it like a more than just a job, which I imagine it must be. Um, yeah, events wise, uh, you know, we, we saw you know um, uh, Disney Dreams of Christmas, um, and we saw there were parades constantly throughout the day. Uh, which Nick, when you went, was that around Christmas time? Did you see any any of those starting when you were there? Uh, no. So I this my last trip was um, the beginning of September. So um, everything was quite kind of synced quite nicely in that nothing really clashed that often. You might have had a, a few things between the two parks. Um, like I think one of the the day parades was the same time as the Stars and Cars parade, but um, there, there was no. So like normally in the studios, there's not a nighttime event. So mm, that's obviously mm. something they do for Christmas. So like normally, um, all eyes are on Disney Dreams in the yeah. evening. Yeah. So it gets it gets heaving. Um, but I mean, I'm sure it was busy when you went. But I mean, really heaving because there's nothing else at that time of night. It's either Disney Dreams or you go home. <laughs> so um, so yeah. But what, I mean, did you did you think it was a good show, Disney Dreams? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love Disney Dreams. I thought it was fantastic. Um, the, it just amazes me the things that they can they can do these days with mm. uh, you know, using the, the the water to project onto, similar to uh, what they do with World of Color and Anaheim, uh, and also projecting onto the castle and the actual. Uh, the, the, it was it was pretty much a, you know playing uh, Let It Go. I think they also played Lovers and Open Door, but they did it in in French. And I thought that was quite nice to be able to see it, you know, done in a in a different language. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, it was it was great. And there was still a bit more, uh, you know, traditional Disney stuff in there. There was a, a, a Toy Story thing that was too, um, what was it, uh, the Nutcracker? I think they did some uh, Disney mm. footage to the, the Nutcracker as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a, a really good uh, good show, very very well put together, and uh, just the, the the timing of fireworks, everything like that, just works so well. So. Yeah, it's definitely worth uh, staying in the park until till close to, to catch it. That's for sure. Because Disney yeah. Dreams, it's because I've never seen the Christmas one. Mr. Dolan's seen the Christmas one last year. Um, no, two years now. Yeah, um, yeah, I saw it last year, but that was even before I'd seen Frozen. Yeah. So I didn't have a clue who the characters no. actually in it no, were. Well, that was that was 2013, wasn't it? So it was just as the film was coming out in the UK. Yeah. Um, but the the regular Dreams show. Um, has no frozen in it, so he didn't have it when I was there. Um, so there's no frozen in it at all. But um, what you were saying about the English and French, um, there's quite a lot of it. 
So um, the the normal dream show is um, Peter Pan. It's based around Peter Pan. Peter Pan's shadow basically, um, you know, plays up like it does and uh, causes all the evil to be released. That's how the show starts. But um, Peter Pan is um, in French and Wendy's in English. So they're oh, talking to oh, each other really? like they're having a normal conversation, mm-hmm. but everything she says is in, is in English and everything he says is in French, or vice versa. I've you know I've had a bit to drink, but the the, the fact is um, that that you know that message is even more uh, so. And um, the, the only song I, I can remember being entirely in French was they do a bit with the, uh, from the Hunchback in Notre Dame, and that that whole song is French. Everything else is normally a mixture of either English and French or just English. Mm. But you do feel a sense of trying to um, represent the two, I suppose, more dominant cultures that would go to the Disney park. If you're going to follow that through to its natural conclusion, really, as a European Disney park, each of the, right, each of the characters, each of the stories should be represented in the language that the story originally was. You're right. But so I mean, Frozen is, should be in Hans Christian Andersen's Danish. Uh, well, actually, Frozen's set in Norway. Let's well, it's set in that. Norway, but it's from a Hans Christian, same as Little Mermaid. Too shy. Brave. Brave. Brave, Brave would... Subtitles. Would, yeah, we, we could understand. You know, at least you, we'd get you to translate it for slightly, us. Okay. Slightly, actually, I'll say slightly off topic, completely off topic. I was watching a documentary on BBC Scotland the other day about a Scottish wrestling company mm-hmm. and I was watching it on iPlayer on my tablet and I had to actually put on the subtitles <laughs> because some of it was so heavy in dialogue. Like, it, like the accents were so thick that I just I could only get half of what was being said. Yeah, and I, I felt to, like a terrible Englishman. I went to the States once and I was in a hotel room watching Train Spotting on the TV and they had English subtitles. Snatch and Lockstock both have English was, subtitles. That was, that was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Lewis, when you went, I'll, I'll switch over to the States and go to Anaheim for a bit. Do you get very many Americans asking you where you're from? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I think every American that we, we spoke to uh, asked us where we were from. Um, and uh, yeah, because I don't know, I don't think Americans can really tell the difference that well between an Australian accent, a New Zealand accent, oh, and no, an English can't. accent. No, they can't. Yeah. So. No. So yeah, so we did. We got got asked a lot where we were from. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting uh, uh, being in, in America because uh, we've only we only really spent uh, a week there. So we were there uh, for a week. We spent, uh, I think it was four four nights at Disneyland. And then the rest of the time we're over in Universal Studios. Um, mm-hmm. And if anyone if anyone goes to uh, to Universal um, in in California, I, I'd recommend doing the uh, the VIP tour there because the the VIP tour you get uh, escorted around. Uh, you get a special backstage tour uh, of the um, the studios. So you actually get off the, uh, the the tram cart thing, and you can go into different places, like where they've got that massive crash scene. You can go and walk through there. Uh, you get off at the, the Psycho House, uh, and there's other things there. 
You also get escorted onto each of the rides that's there and get a front of uh, queue pass. You can go on as many times as you want afterwards. Uh, and they've got like a, a small breakfast thing and a lunch thing. And uh, it, it, you can do all, everything in a day really, really comfortably and not have to stress about it. So it's a bit more expensive, but I, I'd recommend if you want to get it done and dusted in a day, that's a, a really good way of going about it. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, I, I was mainly asking just because the amount of times I've been out there and had people say, are you from Australia? <laughs> so this podcast is nothing if not educational. So just for our, the benefit of our American listeners, Lewis has an Australian accent. I have an English accent. I have some kind of Essex weird accent. Mr. Dolan Scottish, though. So. Uh, yeah. Danger Dolan Scottish. I'm yep. not going to argue um, with that. <laughs> no, no point. Um, yeah, so Paul, anyway. Because you're from Scotland, Paul, do, do people mix up where you're from very much? Yeah, I mean... I've certainly had um, people in America think that I might be Australian, and I think that's because I've been away from Scotland for a while. So my, and I did live in America for a while, so my accent is a little bit confused. So they know it's different. They know it's not English, but they're not quite sure what it is. And also, I don't know what it is about you, Paul, but every time I see a picture of you recently, you're wearing this weird hat with corks hanging down. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> we were so, always going to stereotype at some point. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Look, Australia fascinates me. They don't have Burger Kings, they have Hungry Jacks. Really? Hungry Jacks, yeah. We, we have, uh, it's only, Hungry Jacks is only here in WA, though. Um, in the rest of Australia, we've got Burger King. But, uh, yeah, Hungry Jacks is, for some reason, Australia, in WA, we've got uh, Hungry Jacks and not Burger King. So, exactly the same burgers. I actually had a Whopper last night. Um, <laughs> okay, it's, but, not, it's uh, not like a different chain. It is actually the same chain, just with a different name. No, well, it's, it exactly is a different same. Well, technically. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's not owned by I Burger think, King. Mate, mate, I think maybe it's because in the rest of Australia, they're more monarchists, and over here, we're not so much. So, they just say, well, we don't want to have a king in the name, do we? So, we'll all go with Hungry Jacks instead. <laughs> Hungry Jack, the burger president. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But they even had the same logo. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to have to. Like, the old, the, the, do you remember the old bun logo? Yeah. Yeah, it's that. I'm going to have to Google that at some point. Yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so, so sad. People who listen to this podcast regularly know this anyway about Yeah. Well, so I, it's, I, not, it's not a revelation, but. I, I think you'll find that we're actually on a podcast drinking beer and talking about Disney as. Four grown-up men. I don't think you have a right to just describe yourself as slightly sad. <laughs> Touche. Touche. I don't know um, what you mean. <laughs> so, so Lewis, um, I mean, you know, we, we normally spend quite a lot of time talking about, um, I'd say, Orlando more than the other parks. Except Disneyland for last week. Paris, yeah, Disneyland Paris are very, very close second. Um, Anaheim, probably not so much. Um, having been to, to all three... Um, and I know this is a very hard question to ask, but do you have a preferred park of those three? Well, I haven't. I haven't been to uh, to Disney World. Oh no, you've been to Orlando yet? No, yeah. no, no. Sorry, yeah. yes, of course. Orlando, yeah, Orlando is on the uh, on, on the radar the for list, yeah. 2015. So, um, out of I mean, I I, I think I, I think I love uh, Paris and Anaheim. Um, I, I think Anaheim's going to get just ahead 
because it was the original Disney park. Mm. Um, and, and when you go in there, you, you can just feel so much more of, of Walt's influence in, in the place. And, and the fact that there's rides that are still there that he, he set up himself is just amazing. And that, that, you know, above the fire station, there's the, the office we used to have and so the apartment used to have and those sort of things. Um, I just think that uh, that makes it a, a place where all Disney fans have got to eventually go and, and experience you know, what they've got there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so that, that was brilliant. And I think, I think out of the Disney park, uh, I think Paris is the prettiest out of all of them. Like, mm. it, it, when you walk in there and you see the, 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 uh, the, the castle, it's just, it just takes your breath away every time you see it. So I, 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 think, I, th- it, I think you're right on a Magic Kingdom-type park front. Mm, a a, a yeah, Disneyland studios. park. Studios. Studios. Different story, yeah, yeah. Different, yeah, forget that exists at the moment. <laughs> but no, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I've, I've harped on many a, a time about how, to me... Disneyland Paris is just a st- when when it's been looked after properly, and we know that that's going to be uh, you know happening again now with the recent changes. That it is it is stunning, it really is. And um, yeah, I mean I think I mean I've not been to uh, Anaheim yet, as I said, but when I've seen footage of it, the thing that kind of lets me down a little bit is just how small the castle is mm, at mm. Anaheim. Like it just looks small fry in comparison. I mean, Cinderella's Castle, again, uh, when you go to uh, Disney World, a, a very, very nice castle. But there's something about Sleeping Beauty in Paris that uh, it's just... I'm not, I've been to that park countless times now. I think I'm... Well, I'm in double figures, at least. Um, and every time. Every time gets me. Yeah. No, that's a great park. It's true. Like best yeah, castle. It's- Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great it's a, Disneyland's a great park and, and I really hope they uh, you know with the recapitalization everything like that they get the money to to you know, do the park up and get in some more attractions and hopefully encourage more people to come along so they can start making money there because uh, yeah it'd be it'd be terrible if the park ever had to had to shut down but I think by the sounds that Disney seem to want to take on more of it so that they can keep the park going and make it into what they actually want it to be to make it a proper venture so, I, yeah, I think... The thing is, it's actually... I, I still believe it is the biggest tourist destination in Europe. That's, this yes, is what's so is. ludicrous about the whole situation with the finances, is how you can have the most popular, by, by sheer volume of people, attraction oh. in Europe, and it's still not making money it, year it, on year. There's nothing that's even close. No. no oh, no, it's, it's miles ahead. Miles ahead. And yet... It's still suffering in the way it is. I mean, Lewis, one thing that is guaranteed, and I will, you know, put any kind of wager you want on this, is that that park will never close. Not while Disney are a successful company. Yeah, it just yeah. will not happen under their watch. This whole thing now with the restructuring, refinancing, which is going through, um, you know, that that's another twist in the tail. Um, and I think we, we we kind of explained before that you know the reason why it's owned the way it is is, is down to um, the way that the French govern uh, businesses to operate uh, within France, and that's fine. If it ever ever got that dire, where the situation was this, Disneyland Paris closes, or they break the rules so that Disney take full ownership of it, it's going to happen. 
There is no way mm. they would let it close down. Um, and, and yeah, they, there is just no way. There, there will always be a solution to it. You know, the, what annoys me the most, I think, about the, the history of Disneyland Paris is the fact that, you know, it from from the day it opened, it was seen as a flop. And yet, there, there wasn't really the need for it. There was lots of things that were done wrong. But, you know, it's, it's like when you get a, a blockbuster film like uh, Waterworld or something that goes massively over budget. No, no, the, 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 the principle you just, I'm not sure you've described blockbuster necessarily. But. Well, no, but this is the thing. Waterworld is seen as being a massive flop when it came out because the film costs over $100 million. But And Universal Singapore still have an entire stunt show. Why would they not? Based around Waterworld. I mean, I think mm. Hollywood. I think Hollywood still does. Hollywood still. Well, last it? time we were there, yeah. it did. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But but the thing is, that film made over. I, I can't remember the exact figures, but it made three, four hundred million globally. Mm. So the thing is, it wasn't a flop. It was seen as one. It was seen as this massive disaster. But actually, if you look at the figures, it wasn't. Um, John Carter was seen as a massive flop. It did actually make its its budget back, and yeah. a bit more. So it wasn't help. that big of a flop. It's, you know, yeah. still would have lost some money somewhere, but yeah. you know, it wasn't as bad as they they kind of deemed it. Um, and that was the thing. I think sometimes if the knives are out, if people want something to fail, they will convince you it's a flop. Yeah, I it can't see how it. You know, really, when it's doing. You know, as well as it is, not against targets, but let's. You know, we're talking visitor numbers and everything like that. It's a flop. It is interesting that um, you know the, the the sort of challenges that Disneyland Paris have had, and yet uh, Paramount are still seem to be moving ahead with this park in Gravesend in the UK, and, so, and the one in Murcia in yeah, Spain. Yeah, at so the same time. Recently, the um, the owner of the land, which is actually a um, Lafarge Tarmac, they signed an agreement, uh, which means that the the company. Well, Paramount can uh, can now buy the 388 acres. Interestingly, the yeah. executive director of LRCH, which is the Paramount company, is a guy called David Testa. I don't know if it's any any relation to old Len. Oh, we should mm. ask the question. We'll have to find out. Yeah. But you know what? This is because I mean, this is the other thing. You know, we were very very close to having Disneyland Par- uh, Disneyland not only built in England. Yeah. But actually built about twenty miles, uh, twenty minutes from where I live. Would you have applied for miles. a job? Would you apply <laughs> well, for a part-time job? Of course not. I was. Uh, I would have been uh, nine years old when it opened. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. would have, they would have rejected my application. <laughs> but the fact is that if it had have opened here, it would have still had. I still honestly believe it would still have had the same negative publicity. Oh, Difference yeah, being that by now or by nineteen ninety-five. Disney would have bought that outright if they didn't already yeah. own it. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's the that's the only difference. That's why this has happened because Disney haven't had their own way with it. That's it. Um, anyway, enough about that. Anyway, um, yes, um, we got we got Lewis on for a reason. Uh, we um, have, but we've only got a couple of minutes um, before they call time. So I just wanted to. Uh, These bar open hours suck. We need to like I, re- I extend re- it. Have a lock yeah. in at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've. I'm just going to quote this. Posted by Nick Branch, 29th of January. Hi all. We're looking to get some feedback on the show to see what works and what doesn't. What you want more of and what you want to hear less of. 
And the number of people that said me. <laughs> Be as brutal and honest as possible. I can take it, Jeff. <laughs> but we can only improve if you tell us. <laughs> you were brave, man. You were brave. I mean, respect to you asking that question. Yeah. But you know what? This is the whole thing. You've got to be cruel to be kind. Lewis um, was, uh, you know, great in the fact that, you know, we have a lot of listeners, okay? We do have a lot of listeners. What Surprisingly, we don't have, although we take yeah, the mickey out of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we don't at the moment, but anyway. <laughs> but, you know, we have a lot of listeners, and, you know, what we don't get a lot of is interaction. We get some people that we always give shout-outs to um, that, that do interact with us quite regularly. Um, but we don't often get people contact us. Lewis was somebody who, you know, never really contacted us via, via Twitter or anything like that much. But, you know, messages and said, look, this is what I'm doing. Can I have some advice? Started that dialogue. And that's why I was so eager to get him on the show. Because you reached out to us, obviously as a, as a fan, um, and liked what we did. Um, and we were really interested to hear what you had to say. And it's quite hard to do shows like this and not know what people are thinking. Yeah. So, Lewis, no yeah. pressure at I... all, but you've been quite quiet on this subject. So, come on, what do you like, what do you like about this show? Oh, no pressure. Thank you for coming on. Now tell us what you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think, I think, I think the show is great. Um, it's, uh, I like the... the the, the bar atmosphere of the show. The, the Mouse's Head is a, is a very nice pub to visit, I must admit. Um, and, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's great. And, like, uh, no, I recommend to anyone who, who's listening and uh, wants to get more involved, um, yeah, do, do go to the Facebook page and, and you know, post questions or, or give your uh, reviews of your holidays to, to, to different Disneyland parks as well. Um, you know, put up your photographs. Make it a, a more community-based. Um, in in WA, I, I've been doing a, a film review show for the last 16 years, uh, and on, on Facebook, we try to do to make a, a community uh, of people into to movies, um, and, and we find there are people who are regular uh, contributors who will be uh, regularly uh, posting information and stuff like that. Um, but we love new people coming on and, and you know giving their opinions and uh, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I recommend like if anyone out there is a, is a Disney fan that. Um, Get involved with the Diz After Dark. Send send the uh, you know what you what questions you've got, uh, and uh, yeah, it's it, you know, you're a great bunch of guys. You're very approachable, so yeah, give it a crack. Well, thank you. But I mean, this really <laughs> has opened up a new you know, Paul. Paul, did you know that we've got essentially the Australian Barry Norman on the phone? Or the <laughs> I, I had heard, and I, I feel I may have to wake him up at five in the morning next time we need a review of something like Big Hero 6, because you're biased. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that, that is not true. And I'll tell you why, because if you remember, I may have loved Big Hero 6, but I took a big fat dump over Maleficent, okay? So I'm not that <laughs> that's biased. That's true, that's true. What answers did we get? Well, let's have a look. Alex Harvey. Um... And yeah, she completely agrees with Craig Lucas. So perhaps I should read Craig's out first. Would that, would that make sense? That, that would have that would have made more sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> hang on a minute. Let's, let's rewind again. Craig Lucas. Uh, seriously, I, I think Paul Dolan needs a new mic, and you've treated yourself to one, haven't you? Done Paul? it. Yep. So we responded to that feedback. Crystal. Yep. 
Crystal, yeah. You, you yeah. have to get back on track with regular recording. Uh, I think we're managing so far, but it is only two weeks. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's like I've given, up, I've given up cigarettes. I'm on day two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it when you have guests on. You see, that alludes to uh, what Lewis just said. So we need more of you to let us know and say, can I come on, please? We're happy to have you as long yeah. as you want to sit in a bar talking Disney. Yeah. Um, and I love it when a topic excites you as the conversation flows freely. I'd lose all the silly segments. I didn't... Did, did we do segments? We kind of... kind of. Yeah, ish. we had a few. But yeah. I, I completely agree with Craig there. I, I lose all the segments because that means I don't have to bother making new jingles. Um, <laughs> just run with a guest topic or recent news stories. And Alex Harvey. Uh, Alex, hello. I, I, I like your Facebook picture. That, that does not sound creepy. So, so basically, is that slightly time. creepy now? Yeah, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I'm about to ruin it because um, you're here. She completely agrees with Craig that Paul needs a new mic. The pub singer, no, no, no. That's her fast forward part. Mm-hmm. We'll have a word with him. Do you know what? I, I wish I could fast forward through it when he's there. He hasn't been around for a little while. Um, he might be back, and we'll we'll be apologised for then. But then um, we might lose the segment. Uh, but then she says she she lives with the greatest pub singer ever. So I apologise for the grrr comment. Uh, Mr. Pat Pending. Is he a professor? He I should be so. Professor Pat Pending. Pat I, Pending. I do hope so. Um, she commented that with I feel a challenge coming on. Oh, Alex, bring it on. If he doesn't know you're recording him, all the better. Just record it, get your phone, send it in, we'll play. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Kevin Curtis Allen. He just states more drinking. Yeah, you know, I think I think people are worried that we're not drunk enough anymore. I, 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 I think we have tried to be almost professional. And, and... You know, yeah, you know, it's hard, man. For anyone out there that keeps suggesting just more drink... It's, we're trying to, we are trying to host a, a semi-professional thing. And, yeah, and I might have to try and think that's all gone wrong in, um, in a few um, hours' time. So here, here, here are the last two, and these, I think, these are even more of a challenge than less drinking. And the first one is that Nick needs to down a pint every time he uses other are available. Not even to down one tonight. And Paul could down a pint every time he sighs. Um, yeah. <laughs> I believe the count tonight was two. That included one during the pre-show. Yeah, I I, I apologise. I didn't realise. I used to use absolutely a lot, and then I managed to cut that out, and I've obviously replaced it with sighing. <laughs> so now I'm going to have to find something else. Mate, so, it's got to the point where people have asked me if your favourite Mel Brooks film is silent movie. <laughs> Sigh, sigh. Oh dear, yeah. Okay. Um, You see, normally I would sigh at that point, but I'm not going to deliberately. I I see what you did there, but I'm not going to fall for it. So, so can I plug plug another uh, Disney podcast? Have you mentioned that? Yes, you can. We don't mind. That depends. I might edit it, but you can. (laughs) If people, if people were after a a Disney podcast where the the goal of it is to be drunk, uh, there's a Disney podcast called Drunk Disney where it's these guys from Canada who uh, they review Disney movies, but they do it while getting progressively drunk. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, quite an interesting show. So if you, if you like Disney and you like drinking, I recommend Drunk Disney. I, See, I, Nate, that's what I need to do during Maleficent, quite I, clearly. I think I know the guys <laughs> doing it. We, we know at least one of them, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, 
They'd be good to get on as well, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've had one of them on. He, uh, we'll have yeah. to do that on a Saturday night record. Yeah, so I'm, not doing, on Sunday I'm night not doing it on Sunday night. I'm not doing it on school night. Lois, thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, yeah. Also, thank you to everyone that's given us feedback so far. Now, we've we posted this out there. We've, we've had some great feedback already, so thank you. We still want more. So if you haven't seen the post, but you're hearing this now, obviously visit our website at www.podcast.com. <laughs> oh, the alcohol's kicked in. Or email us at podcast at disasterdark.com. Or you can tweet us at disasterdark. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and you can find us on micechat.com. Uh, yeah, and you'll yeah. give up um, Paul's address so you can send him personal letters. Um, if you cut the letters up and stick them to a bit of paper, even better. <laughs> Looks more threatening that way, um, or, or YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Which Paul um, are you talking about now? Just just for the record, Bodyface. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 Because yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you, you're you're kind of in charge. Um, Lewis, before we end the show, um, especially what you've told us about yourself, um, mm-hmm. this is the point of the show where you know you you've, you plugged us, you've plugged other things. I want you to plug you. Excellent. Well, if if you want to uh, stay in contact with with me. Uh, we've got uh, two Facebook pages, uh, both of which you can find by searching for Funky Films. Uh, and uh, one of them is a group which you can request to join, which is the, the more community-based one. And the other one is just a, a like Facebook page. And that way, if you like us, then you'll see the stuff that we post up there. So uh, if you're into, into movies, uh, please do uh, like us or join our group on, on Facebook. Uh, and, yeah, it'd be good to hear from you. So that's F-U-N-K. As in um, getting down to the music. Exactly. F-U-N-K-Y. Funky yeah. films. That's the one. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I think you've been very entertaining tonight. I've enjoyed yeah. having you on. I think we all have. Um, and so anyone that's heard this and enjoyed you as well, go find him. Go find him on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I, I was, you're, you're more than welcome to join us at any time you feel like. Uh, you've got our <laughs> Skype address now. I mean, not literally at any time because, you know, because of the well, time difference. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, not very much work out. He knows what I meant. There's no need to be pedantic now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my shtick. <laughs> uh, I, well, seeing as I quite often try and describe us as the Top Gear <laughs> podcast, on that bombshell... <laughs> Growing older no, is no. mandatory. Growing up oh. is optional. This after dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. I'll just hit that randomly. Yeah, not even, not even like outros. Lewis wanted to say goodbye. We hey, we're in the minute. Look, I, I fade it out and then I go, and we're out, don't I? All right, just, just let it finish. Don't push me. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a donkey on the <laughs> edge. <laughs> but I was going to say this. The alcohol's kicking in now. Yeah, I'm we a, don't want I'm, another bar fight again. I'm, I'm a donkey on the edge. Cleaned up after the last one. Cleaned up? <laughs> I'm obviously in the wrong bar tonight then, because it doesn't look clean in here. This is why Lewis said it looked like a nice pub. From the outside. <laughs> yeah. We turned it up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, only got five seconds to go. Come on. Final words from anyone else, because I always do it. Nay, nay. <laughs> night, night. Uh, Lewis, um, Good please, uh, please out us. <laughs> That's the wrong time. Sorry, Lewis, go on, out us. Say goodbye or something. Yeah. <laughs> See you, folks. Bye. <laughs> Someone's pulled the trigger. <laughs>